What's up, everybody? Before we start talking buffs, I want to tell you about our friends over at Weinster. If you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to be a mature, refined adult, or if you just really like wine, you have to check out my friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes Weinster special is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some of delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S., then, when you fall in love with a couple wines, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. Oh, and I especially love Weinster because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums. Sign up today with the code BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Weinster. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. Touchdown. That's five for Chris Brown. The defensive Tomlinson. Hey guys, it's me, Henry. Uh, we're back on the Buffs Pod again today, Tuesday. As always, the show is sponsored by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Bev is offering 20% off your purchase on their website and app. Use code BSN20 to save 20% off and have it delivered to your door. All right, let's jump into the show. I forgot to mention in the first pod that uh, that that Buff Swag song that we play at the end of the intro, that's former Buffs linebacker Derek Webb. So this is a bit of a weird pod today. I'm actually sitting probably a hundred yards from the Pacific ocean out in Santa Monica. I thought that my Airbnb would be ready in time for me to record this podcast at a normal place. But instead I kind of had to scramble and this is where we ended up and it's pretty cool. I, I checked, I checked the levels. And it sounds like there shouldn't be any problem with people yelling. Cause I was able to walk a long way from the pier and carry my suitcase and all my podcasting gear. And, uh, find a little bit of a secluded area um yeah so we're out here in california i'm of course out here because pac-12 media days tomorrow getting excited for that uh have a chance to talk with some of the big names from the pac-12 football world uh mel tucker's gonna be there lavisca chenault's gonna be there 
Uh, Nate Landman's going to be there. That's the Buffs contingent. I'd really like to get one of those guys on the show. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make that happen. And I feel weird putting that out there if I'm not going to be able to deliver. But that's what we're working on. See what we can do. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So much good content. And we're going to break down exactly what, uh, what to expect from Pac-12 Media Day later in the show before getting to some listener questions. I think I saw we had like nine, nine people commented, which is pretty good. That, uh, that gives, gives me a few things to talk about, be able to make the show what you guys want it to be instead of just whatever pops into my head. But I think we can do better. Um, rolled out yesterday. I actually recorded the podcast before the rollout, obviously, so it would be ready for you guys to listen to when uh, we launched. And quick update is that it went really well. We got exactly the response we were hoping for. People seem excited. Uh, got a bunch of ideas for old bits that we could bring back in the future. Uh, my favorite my favorite is the all-name team. I guess back in the day, the BSM Buffs crew, before every football game, would pick, pick teams, like draft teams, but based only on the opposing team's players' names. So we're going we're gonna to see if we can bring that back once the season starts. I don't know why we wouldn't be able to. Sounds like a lot of fun. Just one of the many ideas we have here as we get BSM buffs rolling. Um, yeah, so with that, let's kind of jump into some buffs talk. What to watch for at Pac-12 Media Day. Obviously, uh, what everybody's going to be talking about is Larry Scott and what's going on with the Pac-12, um, both both in football, but also the other sports. And I, I'm really interested to see, or ha- see how he's going to evaluate the conference and his take on how things are going. I think I mentioned it on the first show, but in case you haven't been keeping up, there's some weird stuff going on with Larry Scott. Uh, he isn't everybody's favorite commissioner. Um, and... I mean, one reason is he's making a bunch of money and the conference is kind of losing money. Uh, he, uh, there's this $7,500 a night to go to the, for his suite for the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas. And I'm really excited to get to talk to him and see how he explains how everything's going. And what I really want to hear is how he thinks that people should ev- evaluate the Pac-12 in terms of football, because the, the easy way to evaluate the Pac-12 is based on whether they get a team into the college football playoff. I think that's going to be number one, of course, because, I mean, that a conference talent is determined by the teams at the top. I mean, the SEC could have a couple teams at the very bottom of the conference who can't compete even in the Pac-12 or some other conferences, but nobody's going to notice if they send Alabama and Georgia to the college football playoff. That's just obvious success. And there are a bunch of reasons that the Pac-12 has had trouble competing with some of the other Power 5 conferences getting teams into the college football playoff. And one of the big ones is this long conference schedule. Having teams play nine conference games and beat each other up they steal wins from each other and it's just one fewer chance for them to get a a, a win because because every one of those conference games somebody is beating somebody else one team is coming away with a loss and for a team to make the college football playoff you can afford one maybe two losses and guaranteeing that many losses 
an average of four and a half a team just coming from inside the own conference is is putting them at a disadvantage. One of the reasons you stick with that model, though, is that it it creates a brand. People want to see. I mean, Colorado fans want to see what happens when they take on Oregon or take on Washington, take on Stanford, and you don't get to, do, to play those games uh, against teams in the North Division unless you keep the nine-game schedule. Otherwise, because that's the one game that would get cut is one of the games from the other division. There's also the money that plays into it, and those games are just so much more meaningful than non-conference games that keeping them around just generates money. And the Pac-12 doesn't have uh, a standing right now to be turning down money. I, I believe they're of the Power Five conferences. They're just ahead of the ACC in terms of money generated by their uh, football broadcast contract. And the ACC is about to negotiate a new deal. And that new deal, uh, I think this is according to The Athletic, Chantel Jennings is supposed to give every school an extra $10 million to spend on sports. And she projected that $2 million of that would go to uh, the football programs. Just, just imagine what would happen if Mel Tucker had an extra $2 million to play with. That'd be so huge. That'd be so huge. Get more scouts. Beef up your training program. Improve your facilities. LSU just dropped that crazy new locker room where they have the... Uh, the sleeping pods for all the players to just use whenever they want. That's something that Colorado doesn't have, and there are ways away from having it. And we can talk about whether that's actually a, a useful way to spend your money, if that's the best way to invest in your players, where they should just get another strength and conditioning coach or get some more analytics people to figure out what the most efficient way, you know, there's, there's that big push going on. But if I'm a recruit and I'm picking a school and you tell me there's sleeping pods there, that's tough to turn down. That's just a really cool thing. And when you're making the kind of money that LSU makes, you can afford to spend things that are just kind of cool and maybe not all that useful. So so this has kind of been a tangent, but the Pac-12 is in kind of a weird place right now because they don't have all of the things going for it that some of the other conferences have, where it's the money, the wins, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Larry Scott talks about all this kind of stuff. And that's actually the first thing we get to do. That's at eight tomorrow morning, eight Pacific time, nine, your time, a brief plan for tomorrow, just so that you guys know what to expect. Um, so 8 a.m. is when it starts with the commissioner speaking at the press conference. Before that, I'm going to try to record the first segment, maybe two segments of tomorrow's pod, just because the lunch break isn't as long as it was initially supposed to be. And that's when I plan to record tomorrow's podcast so I could get it to you guys um, around the same time. Even today's is a little late. I was hoping to get it done early, but things just got crazy. Uh, so, yeah, that's the plan. Record a, or a segment or two before... Uh, when I first get in there, uh, talk to everybody, talk to the commissioner, talk to the uh, North Division coaches and players, and then record the last segment, maybe two segments, and then get that up for you guys to listen to. And then Thursday morning, I will record based on everything we hear from the South Division in the second half of the day. And that will include, of course, 
uh, Colorado's contingent of Mel Tucker, Nate Landman, and LaVisca Chenault, uh, none of whom I've met, and all of them I'm really excited to meet. So it should be it should be a great time with some great content coming towards you guys. Uh, just keep talking about content for a second. As soon as I post this, I'm going to also post uh, the second half of my season breakdown going game by game, talking about which games are going to win, which games are going to lose. Just a heads up so you can get all prepared. Uh, I, I had them playing pretty well through the first half of the season, but that schedule just gets really tough in the second half. Uh, it's, it's, it's just brutal. It's... I think Phil Steele called it the number five toughest schedule in the entire country. And most of their winnable games are in the first half. So that actually reminds me, the the second big thing I'm watching for tomorrow at Pac-12 Media Day is the preseason poll. Figure out where everybody thinks the teams in the Pac-12 stack up. I, I mostly know how I'm going to vote. I'm not totally sure yet. There are a couple little things that are kind of getting on me, but I mean, Utah is the clear number one. I think you'd be crazy to pick anybody other than Utah. That defense is stacked. I mean, they bringing a bunch of guys back. I mean, notably like quarterback Tyler Huntley, he should be in contention for Pac-12, uh, all Pac-12 uh, honors. The running back Zach Moss was second team all Pac-12 last year. Both of them are seniors. They bring back a lot of starters all over the roster. Um, Defensively, first-team Pac-12, Lakai Fotu, he will be back on the defensive line. So will second-team all Pac-12, John Penasini. They just have players all over, like transfers, too, who are coming in. And they only lost by three in the Pac-12 title game last year. I think they have to be the favorite um, there are some teams who can compete. Obviously, Oregon's right up there. Washington's right up there. Um, those are really the three who I think have a real shot of winning the Pac-12. Obviously, it's football. There could be a dark horse, but but those are the teams that I'm really looking out for. As you move down the conference, some people are going to be picking Colorado last. I have them on about the same level as Arizona, UCLA, Arizona State. Oregon State's going to be worse. Cal's going to be right on that same tier with Arizona State and Colorado and all them. There's there's a lot of intrigue toward the bottom of the Pac-12 and toward the top. I really think that this is a two-tier conference this year with a, a pretty clear separation between both tiers. But again, it's football, so you, you never really know what you're going to get. Uh, when I do come up with like a final list of who I'm picking for all Pac-12, I'll let you guys know or not for all Pac-12, but preseason, the preseason media poll. I think this is going to be it for the first segment. We'll move along, get into some questions in the second segment. Before we move along here, it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a lighthearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. 
We just launched it this week. You'll be able to see all of the events we have planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. All right, let's keep it moving. Now into the second segment. Uh, but before we start taking questions, um, I want to, I want to tell you guys about something that I've learned today, which is that podcasting from the beach is a terrible idea. I don't really know why I thought that this would work, but when I was thinking I want to get a show up quickly and I'm not going to have access to an Airbnb or somewhere quiet, I need to find somewhere I can get some space. I'm in California. How does the beach not pop into your mind? But uh, I just recorded the last 10, 15 minutes of this show, the second segment, and realized that since I'd built a teepee around my computer to keep it cool, that nothing had been recording. So we're going to double up here in what's kind of turning into a pretty long show on my end and a pretty long day. I actually woke up around uh, 3.20, 3.25 this morning to catch a flight southwest. First time ever taking a southwest flight. Pretty wild thing that they have going on is that you just pick your own seat. So you pay more. You get to go sit wherever you want on the plane before anybody else gets a chance to pick their seat. And for a 22-year-old guy like me, that kind of takes a lot of the fun out of planes because if we're being totally honest, like the one thing I'm really looking forward to is sitting down there somewhere and hoping that Southwest or whatever the airline is has decided to put a cute girl next to me. And I, I talked to Ryan about this briefly this morning, and he says that I should probably just like find a girl sitting next to you, but that just feels weird too to, to like search one out and make it obvious that you're just like sitting next to him. So a little disappointed in that part. Got out here, had the Airbnb issues, wound up on the beach recording this podcast, and we're going to keep it moving. I'm going to answer these questions again, and I think the answers might be a little bit better the second time around. So let's get into it. All right, let's get started with Roderick M., who asks, will you be talking recruiting on a daily? Things like what you're hearing from what's happening, uh, who talking about CU. So that's an interesting question. Like I've said a couple times on the show and in my uh, introduction piece on the website, we really want to build this into what you guys want it to be. So if you guys want to hear me talk about recruiting, then I'll talk about recruiting. I think that that will fit more in on the podcast and on the website just because it's easier to briefly mention what's going on than it is to write a full post about players. Um, so yeah, I definitely plan on talking about because it's a really important piece of building a program, obviously. 
especially right now, because for the first couple of years that Mel Tucker's in Colorado, he's going to get a little bit of a pass. People are going to say, well, yeah, he, he won four or five games. He won six games, but he's doing it without his own guys. And until he does get a real recruiting class in that's exactly who he wants it to be, he's going to be getting those type of excuses. And when you give him those excuses, you have to at least cover what he's doing to fix those problems, you know? And so especially early on as he's building this program, recruiting is going to be very important. And I do want to put a bit of an emphasis on it. I just don't know how exactly that's going to look at this point. Um, at the very least, I'd like to get, like, maybe it's just like a monthly, here's, here's what went on in the recruiting world, just so that we're all on the same page and kind of know what's happening. But again, guys at 24-7 Sports do a great job covering recruiting. And so that makes us feel like we don't have to get into it quite as much. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the plan there, but it's kind of up to what you guys want. So let us know what you guys want. Uh, next question coming from Sunny Rain. Super excited to have BSN bring back the Buffs pod. This is awesome for me and I'll be here listening and chiming in going forward. Go Buffs. Uh, that's, that's what we want to hear. That's what this is all about. Uh, yesterday, like I said earlier in the podcast, we got a great response. So many people who were fans of BSN buffs back in the day chiming in saying they're excited to have it back. They're excited to listen to the podcast. And I'm really excited to be in charge of making sure it's up to all your standards. Uh, so we'll try to keep this going. Next question coming in from Phil's invisible tie, Henry Hank Hankry. That's a throwback to the Broncos pod when Oh, we might as well get in the whole story. So a few weeks ago, I was sitting in Brandon Spano's office, CEO of BSN Denver. And he says, Henry, we need to have a talk. And I was like, okay, what's this about? Like, this is my boss saying we need to have a talk. He's like, sit down. So I sit down and uh, he says, I think you should change your name. And I was like, well, wait, what, what, where, where are we going with this? And so I'm sitting there and I was just like, okay, yeah, change my name. Sure. What should I change it to? He's like, well, you should go by Hank. Hank's more memorable. It's more trustworthy. People are going to remember Hank Chisholm more than they're going to remember Henry Chisholm. And I was like, yeah, sure. Throw out a Twitter poll. So we threw out a Twitter poll. Uh, ended up coming back 51-49 in charge or in favor of me staying as Henry. And so we went with Henry and I probably would have e either way, but it was a fun social experiment, I guess. But since it was so close, it was kind of a split decision. And a lot of people are still on the Hank bandwagon. And so I get intros like Henry, Hank, Hankry. Uh, but to, to keep reading the question from Phil's Invisible Tie, congratulations. Love the work you've done with BSM Broncos and so excited that BSM Buffs is back. Can't wait to hear more as the pod and content get rolling and see the cool ideas you have for this community. Firstly, I know that access to the program and practices can be tough sometimes. I don't think Coach Mel had any practices open in the media last year in fall camp. With the new staff, do you have any idea yet of how much of the team you will be able to see before the season? So we don't know for sure yet. I have seen like a preliminary schedule for camp. And in that very early schedule, it says uh, likely only one, maybe two practices open to the media. So it's, it's not as much as I would like, especially after coming from Montana where last year every practice was open to the media. 
all fall, we got to go watch everything. And there were rules like we, we couldn't say what we saw. We couldn't really report on anything that was happening. But it was nice just to know in my own head what's going on and have a bit of an idea what's going to happen when the season actually starts. So we'll see how much access we actually get once we actually get into camp. I am pretty excited about the uh, the access to players that I should be getting. Uh, again, it's still early, and I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but there are a couple things I've been looking at in their rules that excite me. I know like one thing is that with players' permission, I can meet with them from 4 to 7 or something like that a couple nights a week, which would be a great time to get some longer conversations in and really see what's going on. Uh, again... We kind of have to get into the rhythm of things to see what is actually going to happen with all of this. But there are parts I like, parts I wish were better, but overall I'm pretty happy with it. Um, And that said, like just having the access to coaches and players every day is something that I am grateful for. Knowing that if I need to talk to somebody, I can talk to them and get the stories that I want to write up. And while that isn't quite as good as seeing the team with my own two eyes... I do trust what Mel Tucker and the coaching staff up there is going to say and their evaluation of the of what's going on with the team. So so at the very least, we'll have that going for us. Um, next question in that same comment is another question that might be better for later in camp as we get closer to the season. But how worried should we be about the depth or lack thereof at DB? After the quartet of transfer departures after spring, there are three corners with experience followed by some true freshmen. Seems like there's some unproven talent at safety, but still not much depth there. Looks to me like we are an injury away or two from a real tough season on the back end, especially with so many top quarterbacks on opposing teams on the schedule this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... It's a brutal schedule quarterback-wise. Phil Steele, he puts out his position rankings every year. He had uh, six of the quarterbacks the Buffs will face this season as top 15 quarterbacks in the entire country. So so we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm – again, college football, so much can change year to year. I'm not talking about the quarterbacks as much as I'm talking about the back end of the Buffs defense. There are some unproven guys there that the Buffs really need to step up. But in college football, more than in professional football, I feel like that that is something that could happen. The The one mainstay that I'm happy to see back is Delrick Abrams Sr. I really liked what, or until Delrick Abrams, who is a senior, uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. I liked what he did on tape just long, lanky, and also really fast. I think that his speed could potentially help cover up for some of the other problems uh, that the Buffs could have on the back end. Not that he's going to be able to cover everybody, but how many times last year did we see a running back get loose and Delrick Abrams be the guy who's able to chase him down in open field? That is so valuable to a team, especially a team that could be letting a couple of receivers run loose if they're blown coverages like there definitely could be. And that isn't exactly what you want to be hyping up about a cornerback, especially this early on. But uh, he does have a bit of a safety net aspect to him. And the difference between a 60-yard catch that uh, he brings the guy down for and an 80-yard touchdown might not seem huge, but just giving the defense a, a chance to make a stop when they normally wouldn't have a second chance to make a stop after they give up a big play 
is going to be valuable. I like him as a cornerback too, just at, like locking up his own guy. But outside of him, there are questions. There are a lot of questions. Chris Miller is a sophomore, not a very highly rated recruit. I've heard good things about him. I've heard that they they like him, but but again, it's it's just hoping that somebody is able to step up and be be a guy for them at that position this year. Next question coming in from Lone Star Bronco. He says, Hankry, so excited for this podcast and coverage in general. I just started watching Buffs football last season, so I'm pumped uh, to team as much as possible about the Buffs and college football in general. Learn as much. There we go. Uh, lifelong Broncos fan, but haven't followed college in a decade or so. That just means I have a ton to learn and nowhere to place to gain knowledge in BSN Denver. Looking forward to the future of the podcast and the upcoming season. No questions yet, but I'm sure there's tons to come. Welcome back, Hankery and the BSN Buffs. We're going to take a quick break now and then get to the rest of the questions in the final segment. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, It's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins best sports bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward and anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, They've got great specials and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. All right, welcome back into the final segment of Tuesday's BSN Buffs podcast. I'm out here in Los Angeles getting ready for Pac-12 Media Day tomorrow where we're going to hear from coaches all around the conference, players, all the stars from around the conference, a lot of big-name quarterbacks I'm excited to hear from, and, of course, Commissioner Larry Scott, who will open things up for us. Uh, Lots of exclusive content coming your way from BSN Denver. Uh, We're actually the the only ones from Colorado Media out here uh, covering Pac-12 Media Day, so gives us a chance to uh, show everybody what's what's up here before they have a chance to run back the daily camera and see what's going on there. Uh, excited, to, excited to get this coverage going. Um, next comment by Flyby Cygnus. Cygnus? We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he'll respond and tell me how to say his name. Uh, congrats, Henry. So excited for BSN to be covering the buffs again. I was in the Golden Buffalo Marching Band all four years while I was at Boulder and have not missed a game for four, for seven years. Watching football in Bolden is an absolute thrill ride. There's no better backdrop in college football than the Flatirons, and seeing Ralphie run around Folsom is something that will never stop being surreal. Super excited to have you here and hope you enjoy covering Boulder. Not too many questions for me until camp starts, but wanted to get your take on how you feel Mel Tucker has done with recruiting since he's come in. That's a good question, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I, I honestly think a big reason that uh, the the Buffs brought in Mel Tucker is his ability to recruit. I think that that was a big sell, and we've seen it early with him getting a couple couple guys for this opening class that I'm excited to see play. I, I think he's done well. Uh, I, I touched on this a little bit on yesterday's pod, 
but one of the biggest problems right now with the with the Pac-12 as a whole is the lack of defensive linemen. The, the West just isn't producing defensive linemen the same way that the East Coast is, or they are down south. Uh, I, I also mentioned, like, West Texas, which is a big uh, hotbed for Pac-12 recruiting, also hasn't been producing as many defensive linemen as you'd like to see. I think uh, ESPN actually went through and ranked the top schools at producing athletes or football players at every position. So they come up with DBU, quarterback U, the though in in all of those positions there are a couple teams up in the top 10 from the Pac-12 but the lowest best team in the Pac-12 was at at defensive line where i think it was USC was the ninth best in the country at pr- producing defensive linemen and that's a big problem that's a really big problem and that's a problem that Mel Tucker in particular should be able to fix for Colorado so just because of his ties down in the South, he should be able to pull in a couple guys that other schools won't be competing for. It's it's going to be tough, of course, stealing stealing those players away from uh, the the teams that they've grown up watching, where you know that Alabama, the Auburn, any of those SEC teams, and bring them to Colorado. But you know he's he's pulled a couple guys in from there already in his first recruiting class. And that's a good sign. You, you need that to continue if he's going to build what I think he can build at Colorado. And so far, he's, he's lived up to the hype in that regard. Um, a big reason why Mel Tucker's here is because of that recruiting. And I, I really think that he is a guy who is going to take that aspect of the job very seriously. Uh, there's... I like what he's done with his defense. Uh, we're going to get a film room on that defense up soon. Try to show you how the buffs are going to fit into that new defense. But but it's, it's the recruiting that really sets him apart in my mind. Just that SEC recruiting mentality, bringing that to the West Coast, should give the buffs such a big advantage, not just getting the talent from down south, but also getting the talent from up here. And... I mean, I'm I'm very excited to see what he can do. He's already started off hot. Let's let's see if he can keep it going. All right, one more question now coming in from our guy Ryan Konigsberg. Um, Ryan says, "My guy, so proud of you and happy for you that launch day has finally arrived. Can't wait for Buffs fans to get to know you better." My question for you, as someone who watched every game from a far more analytical angle than I, is which player, other than Stevie Football and Visca, do you think the Buffs need to step up the most in order to make a bowl game? Have fun on your first BSN road trip. Um, first of all, I didn't realize that Stevie Football was a thing. We're definitely going to need to keep that going. Um, outside of Steven Montez and LaVisca Chenault, there were a few guys that the Buffs need to step up. I think uh, I, one of the guys I'm most excited to see is Carson Wells. He's a outside linebacker, pass rusher out of, I, I believe he's out of Cherry Creek High School. Uh, only a sophomore, but played quite a bit as a freshman last year and really impressed me. I was surprised by how fast he is. You see him in open field chasing guys down. Um Similar to what we said about Delrick Abrams, that's just so nice to have. Having speedy guys on your defense is just another safety blanket. 
I really like what we saw from him. I'd like to see more, especially, I mean, he was only a freshman last year. Um, four and a half sacks, two tackles for loss. Not a highly recruited guy, but a guy who I think could be a major player going forward. There's also like Terrence Lang, Jalen Sammy on that defensive line. Both of them, I'm excited to see, first of all, both young guys who I think could be very talented. But their their needs, and and that's what you see a lot of on the Buffs roster, is there are just so many guys the Buffs need to step up. It isn't like they have every hole filled and they're trying to find guys who can take each position to the next level. They, they have some holes that they need young guys to step up and fill. I mean, along that defensive line, uh, called the 3-4 defense, Jalen Sammy, Terrence Lang, that's a freshman and a sophomore that you need to play well. And they have a couple more guys who could rotate in, but you see a lot of that throughout this roster. Uh, I'm, I, I like Josh Allen. I like John Van Deist. I think both of those guys could be really good players for the Buffs this season at uh, linebacker next to Nate Landman in the middle. But they're both tackle first guys. They aren't they aren't coverage guys as much. Um, and and you need somebody, especially with Nate Landman at the other inside linebacker spot. You need at least one of those three to step up as a cover guy, and one of Josh Allen and John Van Dyce to step up as uh, another linebacker to put in the middle of that defense. Um, I mean, going through the offense, <sighs> offensive line. Who knows what's going to happen there? They're they're returning some guys, which is a good sign, but they need to take a big step forward from where they were last year. If the buffs really want to compete in the pac 12, they just weren't, weren't what they need to be. And and you can't put that all on them They They were pretty young, but you just, you just need to get more out of that. Um, and then skill positions, Alex Fondnot at running back. He's one guy who you'd really like to see step up. <laughs> to, to be honest, it might be a little more fun if Jaron Mangum stepped up just because he is such a such a great prospect as a freshman. If he could contribute at running back, that'd be huge. And, and from from the reports we've heard out of spring camp, it sounds like he, he's going to get some playing time and we'll see what he can do with it. So really need one of Fontenot and Mangum to step up. I, you, no matter how well either of them plays, it's going to be running back by committee. You just you just want to get some serious upside out of one of them, some some potential to break big runs and make big plays, and just have another dynamic to the offense other than the passing game, because they really needed to use the passing game last year. Those short little passes, whether it's the the bubble screens behind the line of scrimmage, when they'd have Lavisca line up at H back and cut across the back of the offensive line and just go out in the flat and catch a ball and, you know, make one guy miss, run over another, and call it seven yards. Or even, they, they run those drag routes across there, too. So much, of, so much of their passing game was short passing, and that was kind of a substitute for a little bit of the running game just because it was so hard to get going behind that offensive line. So you'd like to see Fontenot or Mangum step up. And then another guy I'm really excited for, the last one I'll say because this list is getting kind of long, is uh, Dimitri Stanley. He's a freshman receiver, redshirt freshman receiver, I guess. And 
he's he's a different guy than LaVisca or KD. K, KD's your speed guy. He's your burner. Send him down the field. Send him across the middle, and he's going to be able to outrun any sort of man coverage. LaVisca obviously can do everything. He's a big guy. He... Uh, he is also pretty speedy for being 6'2", 225. If you read the film room, I wrote yesterday, I kind of broke down how he can... He, he isn't as much of a route runner as much as he can find gaps in the zone. And I, I found one clip where he just kind of sends the safety deep. As soon as the safety turns his hip, hips, LaVisca just cuts out to the sideline into the soft spot in the zone. And so he can do that kind of stuff, but in man coverage, he isn't going to have the quick feet and just get by somebody. He's just a big guy. And that's why I think Dimitri Stanley can really shine. He's, he's a slot receiver. He, uh, he's 5'11, 185. He just, he just has the feet to get open. He has the route running to get open. And, and you have to see that translate to college football, especially Pac 12 football before you can bet on it, similar to the NFL. I mean, the Broncos have Deshaun Hamilton, for example, who's supposed to be a slot guy, supposed to have the route running ability to get open. But when you take that step up to the next level, it it can really take some time. And I wouldn't be surprised if it takes some time for Stanley or Dimitri Stanley to do that. But if, if it comes together quickly, that's a huge, huge get for this offense. Um, so that's, that's all I've really got for you guys today. Um, I'll be out at PAC 12 media day tomorrow. It's going to be a long day. I'm going to get a whole bunch of content for you guys. So subscribe to the site. It's well worth it. Not just for my coverage and my buffs coverage, but for all of the coverage. I mean, <laughs> Ryan throws in that question, but this Broncos coverage they've been putting together I mean, training camp is their thing. That's, that's what they can do better than anybody else in the market. And following along with them is just a blast. Uh, and that's true of everybody we have on every beat. And if, if, if you want to get to know us, feel free to swing by Friday to the BSN bar crawl where we'll hit up a few of our favorite bars downtown, play some drinking games at all of them, uh, have some giveaways, maybe some tickets, some gift cards, and big news today is that that's actually going to be a free bar crawl. So you just meet us downtown. I think it's at 7.30. We're meeting it. Ah, I, I don't want to say they're, say they're on bar. So I'll, I'll come back with the real information tomorrow. But meeting at 7.30, play a game at one bar, play a game at the next bar. We're, bringing, we're, we're, we're buying pitchers of beer for the game. So you're getting the free beer. You get a chance to win the stuff we're giving away. It's going to be a blast. Everybody's going to be there. All of our beat writers are going to be there. So come hang out, come talk some buffs, um, and that'll be a blast. Thanks for listening again today. I'll be back tomorrow, earlier tomorrow with the show, talking about what's going on around the Pac-12. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Bye, guys. Yeah. It's pushing one.